We're in a series called We Are Here, and I love this graphic because it's not just any kind of graphic. It's really pinpointing this is us. This is a series about us, and the series is one in which uh, the title comes from that moment where you're standing. I shared this last week. This will help me, by the way, on review. How many of you were here last week when we talked about this? Okay, wow, good, good, good. Uh, so we, were, we are here, and this series birthed out of that moment when you're at the mall. You, you know that moment when you're at the mall, and you like go up to that board that has you know the sign that has the these colored boxes and numbers, and then it's got like these stores connected to it, and, and it's this map of the mall, and then right on the mall, it, right on the box or whatever you call that, that big sign, there's like a star or a circle that says what? You are here. And when you stand right there, you do something so intuitive, you don't even think about it. In fact, you did it tonight to get here, and you gave very little thought to it. It's something that just comes really natural. We learn it early on, and we apply it every time we go anywhere. In fact, you know this. This isn't rocket scientists. This is something we all know. It is, you know, every destination, every place we want to go requires some level of navigation. We have to figure out how to get there. Every destination requires navigation. Now, here's the interesting part. Why is it? In the areas that matter most in life, why is it in the relationships that matter most, why is it in, in the person you long to become, we ignore something that we all know? So let me just restate that kind of big idea. Every destination requires navigation, every meaningful destination requires intentional navigation. For you to become the person you long to be and the person God made you to be, it requires intentional navigation. There's something that we can learn from that sign in the mall, something that we do intuitively in everyday life. Every time you go anywhere, you do this. It is so natural. You get it. And if you, and here's the big aha moment. If you'll take what you know to be true here and then begin to apply it in your life and the things that matter most, you'll become the person God made you to be and the person you ultimately long to be. You'll have the marriage you long to have. You'll have the relationship with friends that you long to have. You, you'll land later on down in life. See, every Every destination requires navigation. Now, when you stand, when you stand in front of that sign, you do something, and I, I just call them the laws of navigation. You know this, we do this, uh, but these laws are how we get from where we're at over here to where we want to be. You know, I was at the mall the other day with Ryder, and I hate the mall, love Costco, hate the mall, you know, and, and so me and Ryder are there, and I had to get my iPhone fixed. I was sharing this with you last week, and when we're there, we're standing there, and we knew, we did a few things, and he's already learning how to do it at six years old, and these three fundamental 
fundamental laws of navigation that if you begin to take, and here's the aha moment, if you begin to take these laws of navigation from what you know in the physical realm and apply them to your relationships, apply them to your marriage, apply them to your family, apply them to who you want to become, you'll see you become the person you dream to be. Now, the first law is simply this. You and I have to identify our desired destination. You and I, we, we have to identify, when, when you're trying to go anywhere, you have to first identify where you want to go. Right? You, you just have to identify, here's where we're going. Well, for Ryder and I, it was the Apple store. We looked on the map and said, Apple, that's where we're going. That's what we're going to check out. Now, let me ask you this. Have you identified your desired destination? I mean, I mean, think about this. What kind of person do you want to be? We, we just started January 2014 this year. Think about it. A year from now, what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of relationships do you want to have? What kind of emotions do you want to feel? Where do you want to land? Have you personally identified where you want to be, the desired destination. See, a lot of us just kind of go through life, don't we? And we've never pinpointed that. We never identified that. And we just kind of float thinking somehow that will happen. Maybe I'll fall into it. And we've never taken the time to go, that's where I want to land. So we have I first identified the desired destination. This is what we all do. The second law is simply this. Then pinpoint your current location. If the first law says, where do I want to go, this law says, where am I currently at? Right? And, and on the mall, we just talked about this, right? On that sign, this writer's standing there, and I'm standing there. We're looking at this box thing on this, you know, the sign. It's got the, all those, like, stores that I don't go to, and all I care is about Apple. The only way for me to get there was there was this an amazing, amazing little star on the thing that said, you are here. You know that your navigation system is useless, is worthless, if it doesn't identify where you're currently at in light of where you want to go? And yet we rarely ask, where am I currently at in life? Where am I currently at in my relationships? Where am I currently at in this relationship in my marriage with my kids and my family and my school? Where am I at? Here's what's interesting about that, right? Here, and, and we know this. Here's what's amazing. When you're lost, right? When, when you're lost and you're driving and you've had that moment, I've had it more times than I wish I do, you know? When you're lost... You look up, and you're like, oh, my gosh. You know why you're lost? Oftentimes, it's not because you don't know where you want to go. It's because what? 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 Thanks, AJ. That was really forceful. That was good. Uh, AJ's in, and he's manning the camera at the same time. Um, you don't know where you're at. This happens to us in life all the time. We look up, and the terrain of, and the landscape of life changed, and we look up, and we don't know where we're at, and we're turn, we're looking around and go, what do we do? 
This happens in almost every major transition in life. When you transition from high school into college, you look up, and all of a sudden the landscape around you has changed, and you're going, I don't know who I am anymore. And then you graduate, you know, from college, and all of a sudden deep fear, because what do I do with my life now? Oh, my goodness. Everyone had a plan for my life, and now I have to have a plan for my life. Oh, my gosh, you know, right? And you're like, you look up, and the landscape's changed, and you don't know where you're at, and then you get married, and all of a sudden, your single life's changed, and you've lost all those friends. You're like, what happened? They don't even hang out. They don't call anymore. What's up? What happened to me? Well, you're married, and they don't want to hang out with married people because you make them feel bad because they want to be married, okay? <laughs> and you look up, and the landscape's changed, and you don't know where you're for us to land where we long to land and land where God ultimately longs for us, we have to do three things. We have to identify the desired destination, pinpoint our current location. And that moment at times, honestly, is hard, isn't it? It's tough, isn't it? Facing the current reality of the day is sometimes so hard that we just ignore it and put it off and try to avoid it in the hope that it will change on its own. And for some of you, you don't want to look and you don't want to pinpoint your current location because there's stuff that you know that's going to bubble to the surface. There's character things inside of you that's going to bubble to the surface. When you ask that question, who do I want to become? What type of person do I want to be? And where am I currently at? You're like, I don't want to look at that. It's like what I had to do. Uh, I mean, I, I was this way, by the way, uh, in December. My, uh, my scale at home broke, and that's a bad time for a scale, you know, to break because we're, you know, really enjoying it. I thought, maybe it's a great time for the scale to break, and I don't ever have to look at it, and it's great. And so I threw it away, and I'm like, December, it's a scale-free month. I'm not going to go on the scale. Awesome, you know, and then so yeah, all these things, and I, it was also really cold, so I didn't run a whole lot. And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, my pants are getting a little tighter, you know. But I don't have a scale to tell me where I'm at, so oh, it's probably no big deal. And then January came around, and I'm like, okay, okay. I go and buy a scale, and it's that painful moment of stepping onto the scale, and you know where you want to be, and you look down, and it tells you your current reality. And sometimes it's really painful. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you look at it and it feels overwhelming. But you can't move forward until you start and identify where you are at. Law number three is simply this. Chart the course. Ryder and I stood right there. We charted the course. We said, okay, the Apple Store, that's where we want to go. And we're over here. And here's how we're going to go there. Now, that in charting the course answers the question, how do we get from where we're at to where we want to be? Every meaningful destination requires intentional navigation. You will not fall into becoming the person you long to become. You will not fall into having the marriage you ultimately long to have, having the type of relationships with your family and kids and parents that you ultimately long to have. That just won't happen. 
And by the way, and I said this uh, at our winter retreat uh, as we closed out the whole deal, a lot of us do it this way. We kind of think, oh, it, it'll just work out. It'll somehow, and, and, and we kind of start the, the new year, and we have a whole lot of what? Good intentions. I, I want to do that. Decisions that you make determine where you land, not the uh, intentions that you have. And a lot of us have good intentions, and we buy into this lie a little bit. I was just thinking about this today. We buy into this lie. Here, here it is. It's the thought that counts, right? You ever said that? Well, it's the thought that counts. I was thinking about that just today, this, this afternoon. Really? I mean, think about it. The dad that misses out on his kid's baseball game, and he says, I really wanted to be there. I intended to be there. Is it the thought that counts? Or is it making the priority that he's there? See, you and I live in a reality where we understand it's, we've got the hurt and the pain and the brokenness of good intentions. And you won't land and you won't become the person you long to be until you begin to decide and make decisions and chart a course to land there. So we're doing this as a church uh, as well. And uh, this last week, what made it partly a, a long week is... We are taking this, uh, you know, last week I talked about the destination uh, for us as a church. And remember this, it was um, disciple, not necessarily heaven. Heaven is, we're, we're called to be a disciple. Jesus said this in Matthew uh, 28, 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And the most important question you can ask and answer and settle and decide on, the thing that will be pivotal to your life, is who has the authority in your life? Who has the control? Jesus doesn't want to be a part of your life. He wants to navigate your life. And when you go, you get to be the navigator. And he says, by the way, destination is disciple. One who's experienced the radical grace and love of God and then extends it to those who are around him. That's all, that's the destination. One who experiences the grace in God, who experiences his love and relationship and go, oh God, thank you so much. And then just simply extends it to those around them. And what we did, this process isn't just for us personally. This is what we're doing as a church, as a community. And Jay and Michael Sandoval and myself, we got away for two days, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and we took this, and on a whiteboard, we just wrote this. On one side, we wrote destination. Then we went right here, location, our current location. And then we went right down there and then chart the course. Okay, and we said, okay, for us, when we ask that question, we kind of think about it because it's such a great question. Who do you want to be? What type of person do you want to be? Think about this. What type of church do we want to be? You ever thought about that? And you're part of that. You're part of shaping that together. And we said the destination. We began to list a bunch of different things. And, and one of the things that we listed when we were talking about the destination, we have a dream for our church. For 2014, just said, here's the dream, and we'll, someday we'll get it in something kind of catchier or something like that, a little bit more memorable. But as we look at our church and we go, man, if we land in 2015, the destination, what would be amazing if we look back and go, a year from now, where we land, here's where we want to land. 
We long and believe that God wants to see a hundred people through this church come to know him, to be introduced to new life through our community. That's what we're praying and expecting God for. You know what it takes, though? It takes a people who are going to stop just going through the motions of church. It takes a people that are stopped going to just go, you know, it's kind of a cool thing on Sunday night, and I like it, and that girl's cute, and that's great, and ooh, you know, that say, you know what? I have been called by God to bring his love and his grace to this planet. I'm going to stop just doing church, and I'm going to be the church. I'm going to stop just kind of being about me and, you know, that whole insecurity thing and you're so afraid, you're so afraid, oh, I don't know what people think. And I'm going to care more that they get to know the God of the universe. Would you pray with us? I mean, seriously, this next year, we're expecting and believing God that a hundred people this year through this community right here will come to a saving relationship with the God of the universe because we are here. We're here. We are here, and God placed us here, and we have a purpose together as a community that's greater, that he longs to ignite a movement in this city that's beyond just kind of coming and gathering. He wants to change the city, and by the way, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. You know, in the, uh, in the old English, there's a word, uh, we, we use it now, it's called vocation. You've heard that word, Vocation. It, it, it comes from Latin, uh, and it, it, it's actually birthed out of Christianity. I don't know if you knew that, but it's birthed out of Christianity. It's actually a, a religious term, not just about your work. Vocation is when you marry your calling by God to be a disciple, to usher heaven onto this planet with your current reality of work. That's what vocation is. When you say those two aren't separated, those two are one and the same. My calling by God to be a disciple, to usher heaven in now, to extend the grace and mercy of God to those around me. And he's perfectly placed me and empowered me right where I'm at at the job that I'm at, with the people that I'm around, in the neighborhood. And you go, I have a vocation. I have a purpose on this planet. See, God wants to use this community way more than we could ever imagine or dream. If we just take him at his word, if we just go, Jesus, if you want to be, if you would be the navigator of this church, and we'd say, you have all authority, and what he would say to you, he would say, step into your vocation. That you would look at your workplace differently. You would work at your school differently. You would look at, and I'm challenged deeply by this myself, because I work out of a Starbucks, because that's our office, and I'm just thinking about the baristas and just going, man, I long to work and think in such a way that it's not just about getting coffee and going, doing my thing, but there's people there who are lost and desperately need to hear that they are loved by the God of the universe. I had to step beyond myself to extend his grace to him, to them. Now, I, I want to do actually a little bit of a survey. And if you're at retreat, please don't do the survey. Just kind of do it. We did it at retreat. Uh, and when we did it at retreat, Something happened that I didn't realize was going to happen. Uh, when we're talking about pinpointing our current location, what, what is amazing is uh, we want to know, okay, if that's the mission, if that's our destination, where we want to see, and we're trusting that 100 people this year are going to come to know Jesus because this community is radically going to live out the, the love of God. And I believe that's actually a small number, man. 
I really do. I think that's just, I think God wants to blow that away, but let's just set something on it, and let's just get after it and start praying and seeking Him and start stepping into that. Uh, but we just need to pinpoint, okay, if that's the destination, where are we currently at? And so we're going to do a little survey. Now, here's what I, was amazing as we did the survey is what it did is it began to bring an awareness into our own life and to the people who did it was like, I haven't connected those dots before. Take this survey with me. You got these uh, three by five cards here. And just go ahead and just pull those out. And if you need a pen, someone can run around with a pen for you. And, and here it is. Uh, first part of the survey, on average, how many people do you interact with each week who don't have a relationship with Jesus? Now, you may be here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you're like, everybody, you know? The question should be, how many people do I interact with that do? Not many, you know? And I'm so glad you're here, by the way. And, and, and here's what I just say, is just sit back, relax, and just realize, man, you're loved, and the God of the universe loves you. Take that survey, too. We'd love to hear from you. On average, how many people do you interact with each week who don't have a relationship with Jesus? Just think about it. I mean, as you go about the course of your day, your neighbors, you're thinking about your workplace, maybe your school place. Maybe uh, if you have kind of a, a third place, like a bar or a, uh, a Starbucks or a coffee shop of some sort. On average, how many? Now, number two. Now, this isn't, uh, this isn't to be anything that is... Uh, this is just pinpointing our current location, so don't get, don't get beat up on yourself on this one. On average, how many spiritual conversations do you have each week with these people? So, in light of how many people you're interacting with each week, how many spiritual conversations do you have? Go ahead, just write it down. 1, 2, 3, 10, 15, 30, 100? I don't know. Now, number three. What are your one or two greatest fears or obstacles that keeps you from inviting people who don't know Jesus to church or into a spiritual conversation? What, I mean, and by the way, can I just be, uh, I have the fears too. What will they think? You know, like, I'm afraid. What are the one or two greatest fears or obstacles that keep you from inviting people who don't know Jesus to church or into a spiritual conversation. What is it? Identify it, write it down. This will really help us out, and I think it will actually help you out in pinpointing your current location in that area. So if you can take those cards and just like pass them this way if you're on this side, and uh, you guys can just pass either way in the middle, and if you can pass them this way, and then we'll have a couple people or at least uh, one come and come and grab them, and you can just kind of hold those out. Are we getting that? Good. Here's our longing. Here's our longing as a community. We say this all the time, our mission, we exist to awaken this generation to new life. Isn't it time isn't it time that it's not just a nice little slogan, but it's a reality? Isn't it time as a community we live out our name, Awakening, where we start to see people experience brand new life in Jesus? 
where they experience the hope and love of the God of the universe, isn't it time that we begin to live this out as a community, where we stop just simply doing church, but we together collectively be the church? That's the destination. 